Hello, I'm Jeffrey Mishlove. Today I'd like to talk about divination. Divination or fortune telling is one of the oldest ways that people begin to get in touch with their psychic abilities and many times not even knowing it because many people assume that it's almost a mechanical process. There are many forms of divination such as astrology, tarot reading, using the Viking runes, reading tea leaves. In Africa they have a process called ifa, the throwing of the bones, looking into a crystal ball. Uh, and on and on, including dowsing, which is sometimes called divination, the divining rod. So all of these approaches have one thing in common, and as, as I see it, and that is that they serve as vehicles for unlocking certain properties of the unconscious mind that can well indeed include what we call psi, extrasensory perception. Now, to, to be honest, the one that I like the most is the crystal ball because in a way it's the purest. You look at a crystal ball or it could simply be a blank sheet of white paper and your mind will project an image onto it. I remember one of my first experiences of this sort. It took place in about 1970 and I was participating in a psychodrama workshop part of my psychotherapy training at the time, and somebody had the bright idea. They took a, a, a motorcycle helmet with a plastic face mask and told me, stare into the face mask, tell me what you see. And I got an image of a man and a woman in a certain relationship. The woman was supposed to be the subject of the reading, and I just recounted to her what I saw, and she was amazed. It seemed like 100% accurate description of a drama that was going on in her life at that moment. And I had no idea what I was picking up on. I just saw the images and spoke of them. So that was the most direct. Now, in other examples, let's take tarot cards with their myriads of uh, dreamlike or occult symbols. People study these. You can spend a lifetime studying the tarot, but one might say to the extent that it produces accurate information that these symbols give you once again an opportunity to project onto them your own intuitions about things or even for the person who is receiving the reading to project onto it their thoughts and intuitions might even be logical thoughts a way to portray something logically well Another form of divination is the I Ching. And uh, it's very interesting that the great Swiss psychologist, psychiatrist Carl Jung wrote an introductory chapter to the translation of the Chinese I Ching by his friend Richard Wilhelm. And in it, Jung brought up his theory of synchronicity. He said, why would it matter when people flip coins in the air or toss yarrow sticks into the air and then they come down forming certain patterns that the Chinese refer to or we refer to in English as hexagrams and then the hexagrams have particular meanings. Why should any of this be relevant? And he said, by accordance with the principle of synchronicity, that is, across moments in time, there is an 
he, he would call it an a-causal connecting principle. We are at any given moment in time connected with everything. And when we come to approach the magic of synchronicity with a real need and a real problem, sometimes we get real answers. And there have been some studies on the I Ching that suggest that this is, in fact, the case. The warning, however, is not to abuse the oracle. If you overuse it, uh, as some people can tend to, to do if they get into a state of anxiety or some such thing. I believe in one of his uh, autobiographical writings, Timothy Leary <laughs> once wrote that he thought the I Ching was against him, that <laughs> the I Ching was working to hurt him. But I think it's because when you approach a phenomenon like synchronicity, you need to do it with an attitude of reverence of devotion, and that means you just can't use it casually. It's not a mechanical process by any means. And well, maybe it is, let's say, for people who are professional readers. They know how to approach it. They have developed a professional attitude about it where they separate themselves. And what's crucial for them, I think, is the need of the client. I know from uh, my experience as a parapsychologist that, for example, there are various groups who work with remote viewing, which is a form of direct perception, doesn't require the mediation of any form of divination. But they work often on cases of missing people, missing children, and uh, helping to find uh, lost valuables would be another. But my sense from talking to these people is that when the human need is the strongest, that the uh, psychic functions work the best. If they're used in a trivial way, they don't seem to work as well. So it's a question of uh, not overdoing it. Now, let me explain uh, using another analogy. Uh, in ESP uh, research, J.B. Ryan at Duke University starting in the 1930s did card guessing experiments. He'd go through a deck of 25 cards. It might take uh, half an hour or an hour, one after another, after another, after another, and it gets boring. And that kind of boredom can dampen down real psychic functioning once it becomes mechanical. So they noticed what they called a decline effect. Now, subsequently, uh, in the 1970s, with the development of remote viewing, put off and target, SRI were extremely successful, some of the most successful research ever. But they would only do a single trial in a day not 25 or 30 or 100 or sometimes, uh, as with random mechanical event generators, thousands of trials in a single setting. That is, when each trial, when each effort to tune into your own psychic functioning is special for you, it works better. Now, I think divination is a perfectly valid approach to developing psi abilities and to applying psi abilities. And I know that people who use these methods have 
their own thoughts about them. If you're an astrologer, sometimes you might tend to believe that really the angular relationships of the planets is what's important here, not your own inner intuitive knowing. Um, and my feeling is if that's what works for you, that's good. That's what William James, I think, would call a pragmatic approach. If it works, it's true, at least within that limited context. So you ought to, if you haven't ever had a chance to apply divination uh, or to experiment with it, I encourage you to do that. Uh, many people seem to get benefit from it. I have only one other uh, word of caution, and that is you need to go back to uh, some of the early segments of the In Presence series about self-love and uh, positive affirmation. Jewel Eisenbud, the great uh, Denver psychiatrist, wrote an important book called Parapsychology and the Unconscious. And what he learned from his own psychotherapy practice is that when people ha have self-destructive impulses because they have unresolved issues and they're blaming themselves probably for things they had nothing to do with, like things their parents told them when they were little children. But people who have these self-destructive impulses and also have a certain amount of psychic ability may find that the psychic ability gets turned into a tool used by the self-destructive impulses and they get themselves into deeper trouble. So if you're thinking of exploring divination, for example, and I do encourage it, be sure that you're maintaining a healthy, warm, happy, positive attitude towards yourself. I'll leave you with that thought. Thank you for being with me.